0: Tonight we're privileged um, to have Pastor Tony come and teach. She is beginning our uh, she's beginning the series on prayer, so let's give her a welcome as she comes. Well, are we ready to have a series on prayer? It's January, right? So you always have to start with prayer. It's like one of the highest resolutions, I think, that Christians make. I'm going to pray more, right? And um, how many of you made resolutions this year? And Happy New Year. You know, it's January 14th, but we didn't see you last week. That stinking weather, ice and snow and cold. So Happy New Year. And how many of you made resolutions? Anybody go that route, make any resolutions, going to make these? How many of you are still keeping? Anybody still keeping your resolution? <laughs> <laughs> I stopped making those a long time ago. <laughs> Just started making life changes, right? Yeah. New name, same thing. <laughs> but there's something about a resolution that puts it on you. Right? And especially as Christians and as followers of Christ, when, when I make a resolution, I really can, you can get down on yourself oh, I missed it. I didn't do enough. I didn't do good enough. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do more. I'm going to strive. But that really is just saying that, you know, without him, I can still do something of my own. And we don't want to be in that place, and we don't want to to make that kind of a resolution. We don't want to make that kind of a commitment. But it is January, and we do like to kick January off talking about prayer but this is not just a resolution that we're going to make that in January we're going to get passionate about prayer. It's, it's my goal that he would use me to instill in you a fire and a passion to pray so that when we talk in July, that fire's still burning. And when we talk in October, that passion is still burning. And you're going to come up to me in November and say, Yeah, I got it. I am praying more this year than I ever did. I don't know where I was all those years. But this is going to be the year that it changes, right? So I approached Pastor Daniel in in December to ask him if I could do a small group on prayer. And I wanted to take it the route of a small group because I wanted to do it a little different. I wanted to do some teaching and then I wanted to pray together, not pray for each other, but spend some time in corporate prayer. So we're going to operate these next however many undetermined amount of weeks (laughs) as kind of a small group. You notice we shortened worship just a touch and... um, we're going to leave time for teaching, but we're also going to pray together. So uh, if you're not comfortable or really don't have any kind of a prayer life at this point, you think, I don't know what I'm doing. Just kind of watch, hang tight and watch. When I first started going to prayer school, when I was at Rama, I just watched for about the first four weeks. It's like, how, what are these? I mean, listen, what are you saying over there? How are you doing this? How are you doing this? But that you're here shows me that you're hungry and you want to learn and you want to learn more. So, Father, open our eyes, open our ears tonight. Help us to not disconnect because we've heard so many times on the subject of prayer. Father, I pray that you would use my words to make it fresh, to make it new, to make it come alive on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the title of this series is going to be Prayer Life. And we're going to talk about several different things. And I said it's an undetermined amount of weeks because I really don't know how long it's going to be. And he's given me that leeway. And if it goes too long, we might just break it off into a small group so that you know we can go on. But um, we're going to we're going to look at some different things tonight. We're going to look at what prayer is and why we need to pray. We're going to cover the different kinds of prayer. How many of you knew there were different kinds of prayer? And just like there's different kinds of sports and different rules co- govern different kinds of sports, different rules cover a different kind of prayer. And we're going to look at all the different kinds of prayer, what they look like and what the word says about them. We're going to talk a little bit about covenant. Because the basis of our ability to pray is rooted and grounded in the covenant. So, we're going to look at covenant in this series. We're going to talk about the foundation and need of the word of God in our prayer life. We're going to spend a whole week and talk about the epistle prayers. How many of you have never even heard the word epistle prayers? Well, your eyes are going to be open. They're amazing. So we're going to spend a whole week on that. Pastor Michael's going to cover the authority of the believer. And we've heard snippets here and there. He's really caught a vision of it. He's really caught some unction for it. And he is going to preach it that night. Bring the house down. And you're going to walk out declaring and decreeing and taking authority and walking in a new level of authority in your life that night. So you don't want to miss that one. Talking about contending in prayer, we're going to talk about our words inside and outside of the prayer room and how that all impacts prayer. So tonight we're going to start with what prayer isn't. So we're going to look at what prayer is, but I want to just take a real quick look at what prayer isn't. It's not just words spoken into the air to no one. Have anybody ever felt like you were just talking out into the air and nobody's listening and I feel a little silly? Make me feel better because that's how I started out. Like, really? Are you there? Just going by faith that you're there. I hope nobody's walking by my room right now because they're going to call the crazy doctor. It's not just an exercise that we perform, and it's not just something that we cross off of our to-do list. This isn't just something we do as a work. Oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to get in trouble with God today. It's not a work. It's not just an exercise. It's not just something he's going to ask us to do to see if we'll do it. There's a purpose in prayer. Prayer is not just 10 minutes in the morning. Let me say that again. Prayer is not just 10 minutes in the morning. If you only talked to your spouse for 10 minutes in the morning, what would your marriage look like? It'd be in a bit of trouble, don't you think? If you only talk to your kids 10 minutes in the morning and never talk to them again the rest of the day. Yeah. So prayer's not just 10 minutes in the morning. Prayer is not just a pat response to somebody's bad situation. How many of you have been ever talking to someone they're pouring their heart out to you. Your heart's going out to them. You feel bad for them. You don't know what else to say, so you say, I'll pray for you. And how many of you walk away and never lift a prayer? It's not just a pat response to someone's bad situation. Now, I'm not telling you to not tell somebody I'm going to be praying for you. I'm just going to say we're going to see why it's so necessary to follow through on those words. It's not just a last resort. Who has ever used prayer as a last resort? You've tried everything first, exhausted all your other possibilities and say, well, God, I guess I just need you to help me. Prayer is not meant to be a last resort. Prayer is meant to be our first defense. It is our first line of defense against everything. So we want to take a little bit different look at prayer. We want to kind of break off some old mindsets. We kind of want to bring it in a little bit. So that's what prayer isn't. So we're going to move on to what prayer is. And these are some definitions that I I came across as I was studying. It's a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks. It's the act of communicating with the deity. It's entreating someone in power for help or favor, and that one is specific to supplication. We're going to look at that when we look at all the different kinds of prayer. But how many of you know it doesn't do any good to entreat someone for help unless they're more powerful than you? So we're going to look a little bit about how big our God is in this series, because it's no use asking him to do something if you're not sure he can do it. So it's all going to work together. And I just want us to relax and and take a deep breath a little bit because we're laying a foundation. So every week is going to be a layer of a foundation. If you miss, it's okay. It's going to be on the app. It's going to be on my blog. It'll be on the website. It'll be everywhere if you want to listen to it and catch up. But we're going to take our time. We're going to lay this foundation so that it becomes solid and ingrained in us. It carries with it a sense of deep entreaty, and should not be used to describe just any simple request. And I love the last one is worship. How many of you knew worship was a, a type of prayer? It's actually the highest form of prayer is what Brother Hagin always used to call it. I like to say prayer is connecting to the power source and flipping on the switch. It doesn't do any good to turn your lamp on if the lamp is not plugged in. Ladies, it doesn't do any good to, to turn the power button on on your flat iron if you don't have it plugged into a power source. So prayer is like plugging into a power source and then flipping on the switch. And you can be plugged in, but if you don't flip it on, it's not going to come on either. Amen? Prayer is not just something we do. Prayer is a way of life. That's why I called this series Prayer Life. It's not just something that we do. It's supposed to be a part of who we are. It's supposed to be as natural to us as breathing. How many of you have to remember? Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Anybody? Anybody have to remind yourself to do that? I'm teaching my son, Michael and I are teaching our son to drive. And it's, (laughs) I'm like this a lot in the car. I'm like, oh, slow down. You're too close to the edge. You're going to hit the mailbox. Ah." He goes, mom, I like driving with dad a lot better (laughs) than I like driving with you. Score. (laughs) But he has to think about everything. Okay, I have to turn the signal on. I have to slow down. I have to, and he talks. Does he talk when he's driving with you? He, and then he critiques himself. He talks it out when he's driving with me. i got to turn this. i got to turn that. Okay, I'm going to that red light up there, and then I have to turn And he talks the whole thing out because it's not natural to him. But prayer is not supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be, oh, I didn't remember to pray. No, it's supposed to be like breathing, something we don't even have to think about, something just a part of who we are. Charles Spurgeon put it this way. Um, prayer is the lisping of a believing infant, the shout of the fighting believer, and the requiem of the dying saint falling asleep in Jesus. From beginning to end, prayer is a part of a Christian's life. And I like that first part. It's the lisping of a believing infant. You know, when Allie, my little Allie, was learning to talk, she had a lisp. And everything she said, she said with a lisp because she was just learning. She was just learning how to talk. She wasn't embarrassed about it. She just did it, it was part of who she was. She had this little, you know, Cinderella jock and Gus Gus. She had this tiny little Gus Gus toy, and she (laughs) would say, hi, this is Gus Gus. And I'd say, well, hello, Gus Gus. She goes, you don't say it like that, you say it like this, Gus Gus. Because to her, she didn't have a lisp. But when I was saying it exactly like her, it sounded funny to her because she knew that wasn't right. But it didn't keep her from talking. And there are so many Christians, especially young ones that I've run across who, who refuse to pray because they're afraid they're going to do it wrong. Well, if kids were afraid to say anything wrong and refuse to learn how to talk because they were gonna, afraid that we're going to make a mistake or do something wrong, how many talkers would we have? Not that maybe I shouldn't have taught her how to talk. No, (laughs) she is a talker. But it's the lisping of a believing infant all the way to the last breath that you take on this earth. Prayer is a part of our life. So we're going to look a little bit now about why we need to pray. And I like the way that St. Augustine put it. He said, Lord, you have made us for yourself And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. So why do we need to pray? Because we were created to. It's part of our whole purpose in life. We were created to fellowship with him. The whole reason he created man was to have someone to fellowship with. That's why we have this God-shaped hole on the inside of us. And there's times, even after we accept Christ, because we use that in the altar call all the time, there's a God-shaped hole and only God can fill it. You're trying to fill it with this and you're trying to fill it with that. But I can tell you that after you come to Christ and receive him and you're washed in the blood and you're a saint and you're walking with him, how many of you ever still experience times of dissatisfaction, times of discontent? Times of hunger where it just wasn't quite hitting it. And then, how many of you, your first response was immediately to go pray? Not always. Because how many of you have ever filled it with food? Gone straight to the refrigerator. How many of you ever filled it with TV? It is an easy out. TV is a mindless, easy out that entertains the mind and distracts the dissatisfaction. How many of you have ever filled it with people? I'll just go talk to this one, I'll talk to this one, I'll talk to that one. And yet it's still there because we were created to fellowship with him. And so sometimes when that dissatisfaction comes or that hunger comes or that discontent comes, instead of getting down on ourselves, say, all right, Father, you know what? Something's not right here. Let's, let's have a chat. I'm trusting you to satisfy my soul. Your word says it that you do. And that's prayer. That's the place that prayer is supposed to hold in our life. I am so thankful that I started in my walk with God before the whole social media trend. Because now it's so easy to run to Facebook, isn't it? Or Instagram or any of those other social media sites to get answers or to vent or to talk or, you know, to do all those things. I went on a mission trip to Africa right after I graduated from Bible College, and I had some issues getting over there, like missed the flight, it was canceled, and the travel agent didn't let me know, so I got to the airport, and I had no flight no flight, (laughs) from Pittsburgh to New York. And then my New York flight went on without me to Africa. (laughs) So then it was, I had to spend three days in South Africa by myself. Luckily, had a friend there. God worked it all out. But the whole journey there was five days longer than it was supposed to be. I arrived in in, uh, Zimbabwe about two days after the crusade team had already left. So the the angst just keeps rising and rising. So then I had to take a five-hour bus ride by myself. The missionary's wife had stayed behind with the kids. She got me from the airport and everything, put me on a bus by myself, not speaking the language. The only Caucasian person on the bus, I thought, dear God, I'm not going to make it. Somebody's going to kidnap me. What's going to happen here? And so I would just all I knew was how to say hello. Sally Bonani. That's how you say hello. And then they would start talking to me. And I'm like, that's all I know. That's all I know. Sally Bonani. Sally Bonani. Don't kill me. Sally Bonani. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get there, and you're staying inside the pastor's house, right? Which we're talking Africa here. So it was one room, less than the size of all these instruments up here. One house divided into three tiny little rooms. And there were four of them living there. And there's no running water. And the water that they put in front of me to drink had things existing in it. Thriving. Swimming. And <laughs> they wanted me to drink it. And then there were spiders on the wall. And wasp nests inside the house. And so I just thought, I missed God. God. <laughs> I thought, Lord, this is, I'm going home. And I said, I need to get on Facebook for a minute. <laughs> I need to call my mom. I need to call my friend. I need someone to fix this. I need someone to encourage me. No. The first line of defense. I said, excuse me. I thought, if I didn't die on the bus ride, I could surely go for a rock, walk by myself. So for about an hour, I just walked up and down that dirt road having a chat with the God. And he encouraged my heart, strengthened my soul, strengthened my resolve and my courage, and on I went with my, the rest of my six weeks. And thrived. It was a great trip. But if social media had been there, or if I had been able to pick up the phone, I couldn't. I was in another country before cell phones. Before all-inclusive long distance, before any of that, I had no other choice. And you know what? I'm so glad because the kids growing up in this day, they have so many options that going to God is not even on the top 10 of their list. And sometimes we fall into that same easy way out category. We call and we call and we Facebook and we Facebook. But this is to be our first line of defense. That's why we need to pray. We need to pray because cover to cover, the word is saturated with prayer. There are over 500 verses with the word pray or a form of it alone. Pray, prayer, prayed, praying, And that doesn't even include the supplication, the worship, the thanksgiving, intercession, all those other words that can be used as prayer. 500 verses. I think he wants us to get something here. There are examples in the word from Genesis to Revelation, beginning in Genesis 1, 3. And God said, In Genesis 3, 8, it says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Well, what does that verse have to do with prayer? They heard the sound. It didn't say they heard the voice. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. Why? Why? Because they had relationship with the Lord God. They had continual daily communion with him to the point that they recognized his sound of movement in the garden. When Pastor Michael walks in the house, I know the difference between his footsteps and my kids' footsteps. I can tell it's him because I know his sound. Because I've lived with him for 18 and a half years. (laughs) I know all of his sounds. <laughs> and he knows all of mine. <laughs> There's no doubt in his mind if it's me or if it's the kids. They heard the sound of the Lord God. That's how close they were to God. In Genesis 4:26. So we're still in the first 4 chapters of the book of Genesis. At that time, people began to read the Bible and see that they were supposed to pray, so they did. Is that what it says? At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord, not because it was a commandment, not because it was a work, but because they wanted to know him. Because their dad passed down, that he knew him. Because his dad passed down, that he knew him. And his dad passed down that he knew him because Adam passed down what he knew of him. Intimate hunger relationship with God. It's what we were created for. It's cover to cover in the Bible. Revelation 22, 20. We're talking the last verse in the Bible. It says, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. The last line of the Bible says, amen, come, Lord Jesus. The last line of the Bible is a prayer. (laughs) And it's a prayer that still is resounding today. The church is still supposed to be saying, amen, come, Lord Jesus, not as an escape, as an excited anticipation of the coming of the Lord. And when you pray that prayer, it puts pressure on everything that has to line up and get into place for him to come. When we pray that simple, see how easy that is? Is that hard? Is it hard to say amen, come Lord Jesus? Prayer is not difficult. It is so, so easy. We see it cover to cover. Okay, so we're going to zip through a few things that we see, why we need to pray. The examples are Abraham interceded, Jacob wrestled, David worshiped, Daniel prayed three times a day, Ezra and Nehemiah were prayerful all day long. I encourage you to read the book of Nehemiah. It is very, very short, but it is such a good example of what praying Always looks like. Elijah contended in Acts 4, the group lifted up their voices together. And that's when Peter uh, was released. Oh no, that was when they threatened them not to talk in the name of Jesus. And they came together and they lifted up their voices in one accord. And they were emboldened and empowered and they went out and did miracles and signs and wonders that was all based in prayer the believers in acts uh four i think prayed for peter's prison release paul and silas prayed and sang praises at midnight the bible says pray always pray without ceasing pray continually paul says pray for me we're supposed to pray for our pastors pray for your enemies we're going to talk about that fun one. Pray for the harvest. Pray for the laborers. Pray for your leaders and all in authority. Pray for doors to open. Pray for unction and utterance. Pray out mysteries. Pray with the spirit and the understanding. Pray for us. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray for wisdom and give yourselves to prayer. How many of you think he, we need to pray? Are we convinced? Have I convinced you that we need to pray? <laughs> give yourselves to prayer. And some people say, well, I am just not given to prayer. That's good for you, but that's not me. I'm not given to prayer. And I'm going to tell you that the people that seem to be more given to prayer only seem that way because they give themselves to prayer. Why pray? This is the last one we're going to look at tonight, do a couple points, and then we're going to pray together. Prayer releases the power of God in the earth. James 5, 16 through 18 says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic, in it's working. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. With feelings and affections and a constitution like ours, and he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and no rain fell on the earth for three years and six months. That was quite a prayer. And then he prayed again, and the heaven supplied rain, and the land produced its crops as usual. Our prayers release the power of God into the earth. Say my prayers. My prayers. Release God's power power. in this earth. earth. How many of you think we need the power of God down here? (laughs) You know, the Bible says that heaven belongs to God. That's why it's in such good shape. But the earth belongs to the sons of man. That's why it's in such horrible (laughs) shape. And so he needs us to open our mouths and release his power in this earth. We are his hands and his feet on this earth. We've heard that a hundred times. We need to go, we need to do in his behalf. But guess what? We're his mouthpiece in this earth. And he needs us to use our, our mouths. We need to speak his word. It releases power every time. The thought that I can do something for someone who needs nothing Is amazing. He needs nothing. But he chooses to use us. It's not something that we have to do. Oh, I have to pray today. I lift up the leaders. No. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I like to say it this way. Prayer is a conversation that's rooted in fellowship, and based on trust. Prayer life is bred and fed in intimacy. Prayer life, not just a 10-minute routine in the morning, but a prayer life is bred and fed in intimacy. That's where it starts in intimacy, and that's where the fire to keep it going is stirred up. Jesus said in John 15, 7, If... You abide in me and I abide in you. You can ask for anything, anything, and it will be done. What was the condition? If you abide. Jesus said in John 14 10 through 11, Don't you believe me when I say that I abide in the Father and the Father dwells in me? I'm not making this up as I go along. The Father has given me these truths that I have been speaking to you. He empowers all of my actions except these truths. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So, what happened because Jesus was in the Father and the Father was in him? He was empowered. He released power. Where's the miracles, God? I don't know. Where's the abiding? I want miracles. I want miracles. Where's the answers to prayer, God? Where's the abiding? I was teaching a, a small group in my home uh, to ladies one time, and we went through a book on overcoming insecurities, and it was fabulous. And, um, and as soon as it was done, I said, there's some purpose here. We're not done meeting together let's let's do a study on prayer i was just so stirred to pray for the government at that time it was years ago and um three or four years ago and um one of the girls said no 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 we don't need to do anything jesus did it all on the cross and i believe with all my heart jesus did everything on the cross that needed to be done for our salvation But folks, there's stuff to do here. And his word is not a lie. And if he said, if you abide in me, then you can't skip that part of it and expect to have the answer part. Why? Because he's a big meanie and he's got all these rules and I have to jump through all these hoops? No, because it's in abiding that we get to know him that we get to see how big He is, that we get to trust Him, that we have the faith then to ask and know that He's going to do it. That's how He did it. He didn't tell us to do it because it was just something He thought up that day. These are His last words, John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, His last words to His disciples. The last things he wanted to impart into them. And he was saying, You want to know how I did what I did? I'm going to tell you how I got the answers to prayer. I'm going to tell you how my prayer life carried power. It's because I was in the Father and the Father was in me. And if you're going to do this, then you need to abide in me and let me abide in you. That's how it works. That's the first layer of this foundation. Prayer starts with, come to me. Psalm 27, 8 says, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. And we're going to look next week at covenant. Because the first answer to come to me is coming into that covenant. But come to me is that Jesus is your best friend and confident. He's the first person that you share your good news with. He's the first one you go to when you get bad news. He's the first one you turn to for wisdom. He's the first one you turn to for counsel. He's the first one you turn to when you don't know what to do. He's the first one to turn to when someone rubs you the wrong way. He wants to be the first one. He says, come to me. No, 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 no. Come to me. Con- <clears throat> prayer is a conversation. abiding is as easy as come to me it's as easy as you talking to your friend. when I met michael i didn 't think to myself, how am I going to how how do I talk to him? How do I ask him questions? What do I say to him? We had an issue shutting up actually because <laughs> it was pre uh, all inclusive long distance and he was at school, and so hundreds of dollars and phone bills later. It was very natural, very natural to get to know Michael. And that's how it is with God. You can't see him. You know, I think there's a lot of interesting expressions of prayer in the Bible. There's kneeling, there's bowing and lifting your hands and clapping and prostrate and all kinds of things. But never once does the Bible say, close your eyes and pray. (laughs) but what's our first response when everyone says let's pray (laughs) why because we're talking to someone that we can't see and so sometimes it's better to just close your eyes and focus in (laughs) and picture him and see him abide cannot abide without that covenant covering intimacy is where abiding is we're going to stop here we only have five ish minutes or so but um to pray together. If you abide in me, this is the this is where we're starting in the foundation of prayer, is abiding. And we're going to pick up here next week and maybe get a little deeper into what abiding looks like and and go on into covenant from there because abiding and covenant go hand in hand. But it's just taking a deep breath and relaxing. It's not just giving out, giving out, giving out. I have to find a scripture. I have to find And I have to speak this and I have to speak that. It's what we do every Sunday when Pastor Michael says, sing a new song. I don't know how. Just like you would sing a new song to your husband. Just like you would sing a new song to your wife. Just like you would talk to your friend. I remember when I was at Ramon one day, I said, I woke up and I said, how was your night, Lord? It was a rhetorical question I wasn't expecting an answer I was just practicing intimacy right and he goes it was awesome I healed people last night and I set people free it was a great night how'd you sleep I was like well that was a little strange but that interaction starts he's a real person with a real voice and he wants to really have an intimate encounter with you so we're going to take these last five minutes and abide. Don't feel weird. Close your eyes. And there's scripture for that somewhere. I'm going to find it. <laughs> no. Michael, shake his head no. So we're going to close our eyes and take a minute and just abide. Just tell him you love him. You can whisper it. If you're feeling conscientious, go, go somewhere. I walk and pray, mostly because I, I would fall asleep. But do what's comfortable for you. And just tell him you love him. Just talk to him and abide. Amen? I'm going to turn my mic off. Can we turn the music up a little in case we don't want anyone hearing what we're saying? words that I spoke tonight and break them apart, minister them, bring them back to their remembrance Father in a way even better than I could have ever spoken. I thank you that when we leave this place we don't leave your presence but you go with us. Father I pray that as we go through this week that these scriptures will stay in our hearts and in our minds and that you will teach us to abide. In Jesus name. Amen. He's good, amen. He's so good. Come back next week. Talk more about abiding and what that really looks like and get into some detail and then move on from there. But you're dismissed. Have a great night.